What's up, buds? Welcome to another episode of the Ear Buds Podcast. I am your boy, Trent. I'm on the ones and twos. I'm lifting weights. I'm on my grind. Uh, with me, as always, is Zach. What's He's up, fucking- dude? Hey, got a cold one in hand. Am I right, dude, bud? I, I've been drinking since 4 a.m., bro. Wake uh, up at but- 4 a.m. What's in that other hand? What's in that a other hand? Whiskey, it's bro. whiskey, baby. <laughs> I did my meditation while I was on the treadmill this morning. Uh, I did my ice bath at the same time that I was in the sauna. Dude, you don't even <laughs> Fuck, know. Man. You don't even know, bro. You got to keep your body guessing, bro. Yeah, you need those ionic metabolizers. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's up, guys? Today, we are talking about an album that I brought in called and now for the whatchamacallit by psychedelic porn crumpets this album was brought into me by michael oh uh, okay it was M- mutual friend of ours mutual friend yeah guitarist for mortales he's my friend too just want to put that out there uh well maybe some people are more and less friends yeah y'all are best friends uh, i'm just his friend <laughs> Uh, back when we were playing in the band, I asked him for some music recommendations. Um, and then of course it took me probably a year or two to actually get to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's about your timeline there. (laughs) This album was on it and I've, I've really come to appreciate it over the years. Uh, yeah, man, I discovered psychedelic, psychedelic porn crumpets on my own. Um, I didn't know that Michael was such a fan. He, I don't think we've ever talked about them together, but I really like Night Gnomes, the the album that we covered last year on our show. Yeah, yeah, a super fucking great record, and this album is pretty different from it. Yes, and uh, they released a new album, I believe, a couple weeks ago called Franzoli, which I've not listened to. Have you? Uh, I listened to it kind of half heartedly. Um, okay, it is. Again, I'd say very different from from this album, especially. Is it different from Night Gnomes, or did they keep the kind of heaviness going? From I think Night Gnome, they they kind of have that heaviness. I don't know. I got to listen to it again. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted from this record because this was the album that came out before Night Gnomes. This was the last record that came out before that. This I think this was twenty nineteen. This album came out, and Night Gnomes came out twenty twenty two. I think there might have been an album between those. I don't think but, so, but I could be wrong. Um, I could be but mistaken. this album is pretty much what I expected from Psychedelic Porn Crumpets because the first, the first album I heard by them was High Visceral. I think either mm-hmm. part one or part two because I think there's two of them. Um, but I last I heard from them was Night Gnomes. So I went into this album thinking like, oh, it's going to have that like really crazy heavy undertones that they had in Night Gnomes. And it didn't have any of that. So no, I was like disappointed but not in like a overall i really liked the record but i was slightly disappointed that they didn't have that like really fucking deep i think they were tuned down to c or something on it man like it sounded like they were like tuned deep you know on, on night gnome so I, I wanted more of that but i didn't this album is, is very different from it yeah i think there's there's a lot of activity there's a good amount of like speed and steadiness i think there are like two songs um like weird, uh, like uh, him for a droid, and maybe social candy that kind of have that hardness about them. But yes, even then, it's a lot. I think this album in particular is a lot brighter than the other stuff they've made. Yeah, for sure. I think this album is super energetic, um, but almost like a, it's it's either fifty fifty, pretty straightforward garage rock, but. Also, like fifty percent of, of it is that, and then fifty percent is like very off the wall, kind of weird psychedelic rock music, and it's almost yeah, like every and- song after the other. It's like it, it's, but the whole album is like super energetic. It's super fun. It's fucking weird, but it's pretty much like a thirty-three minute arty rock album. <laughs> you know, they they do like to party rock. I think that was in the liner notes uh, in the CD yeah. sleeve. Yeah, um, they'd like to party. But I think, yeah, no, I think you're very right. I think this is great music to put on at a party if mm-hmm. you're, you know, trying to rock out a little bit. There is riff riffage 
out the wazoo for this record. Great guitar work on the whole record. Great guitar work. I'd say great musicianship throughout the whole record. Yeah, pretty much across the board. Um, I I went out of my way to make sure I got the bass on this one. The bass is nice. killing it the whole time. Okay. Right. How'd you do that? How'd you pull that off? Um, I just listened while I wasn't on the bus. There you go. <laughs> you listened while you didn't have 1600 horsepowers burring underneath your fucking feet. Yeah. Which I, yeah. that's usually my favorite part of any album, but you're like, I, I like to listen to music when I'm watching Mad Max Fury Road at the same time. <laughs> like I just prefer to listen to cars revving while I'm listening to rock music. Yeah. I just like looking up like 10 hour engine bursting compilations while i'm listening tractor to my pulls. rock songs you just love a good tractor pull while you're listening to music you know thank you thank you i don't yeah. know if anyone that doesn't live in the south even knows what a tractor pull is <laughs> i i don't know i think it's out there comment below if yeah, you think that if, if you know what a dude, tractor pull is if you're white trash comment below dude <laughs> white trash knows what tractor pulls are um but you you said you like this album. I'm really I, glad. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I love this band, dude. Me and you both love this band already. So I was really excited when you brought this to the table. Um, I was super excited to listen to it for the show. It wasn't what I expected, but I still really liked it. Like, I always placed Psychedelic Born Crumpets and King Gizzard in the same category. Sure. And I've compared them to each other multiple times. And it, I think it's a pretty fucking spot on comparison. I... Yeah, I think both in terms of, like, I mean, they both like to stretch what they're doing. Yes. Um, Genre-wise. And they both, but they both kind of have this air of, like, at the end of the day, we're a rock band. Yeah, you know? but I feel like Psychedelic Porn Crumpets is a much more approachable psych rock band than King Gizzard is. I, well, that's... I don't know about that. I it's a I hard wonder... thing to King Gizzard. Both of these bands do so many different things. It's like a hard thing to compare one to one. But I feel like a lot of these songs on this album, I could hear on the radio easily tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Not a lot of King Gizzard songs. I feel like I could hear on the radio. Yeah, you know I mean? guess. Yeah, I guess that's very true. I think yeah. if we're comparing like like sounding albums, like uh, some of the Nonagon era gizzard stuff and like high visceral porn crumpet stuff yes uh yes i also think that crumpets jam a lot more they're a lot i gizzard jams uh but obviously their last seven albums have been jams <laughs> god damn but like in high visceral there's a lot of music breaks where there are no vocals they're kind of uh doing their own thing they're jamming they're they're seeking out movements and stuff like yeah. that yeah and this this album has a couple of those interludes which they kind of flex yeah. a little bit of their their randomness on the album but so i yeah i feel like there are some weird songs on here um like we haven't mentioned yet like bill's mandolin is kind of a strange song yeah yeah but my it's friend very... the liquid is a strange song <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of these a lot of these songs are extremely catchy in one way or another. Yeah, and that has a lot to do with the guitar, I feel like. Yes, I think so too. It it correct me if I am wrong, but I think on this album especially these these riffs sound very like British bougie. Oh my god, you fucking read my mind, dude. Not, <laughs> okay, not, thank god. I didn't know if I was like on the right track or what. Not necessarily bougie, but um so British. Like, admittedly, uh some of these songs, because of the riffs, do sound a lot like other rock bands that I don't like. Um and it's so hard to think of because I don't listen to this type of rock music. You know, like I avoid this type of rock music. But some of the riffs kind of reminded me of like some Foo Fighters type stuff or even like weirdly like old Filter. Like back in the really? day, Filter reminded me a lot of that type of stuff. It just reminds me of the bluesy rock, like blues 
driven rock music that's can be super popular on the radio that just has really catchy riffs and really really catchy melodies and stuff like that um it's it's and it can be considered simple like some of the riffs are kind of simple on this album um but the presentation of the music is what makes it so psychedelic porn crumpets it's like everything that they add on top of these quote-unquote you know very um expected i guess you could put like uh, blues guitar riffs right but they always i think like they what i love about it and what i'm getting at is that they always find a really cool way to take this sort of typical straightforward blues rock riff and make it way more fun and exciting by throwing in this little bit of folksy brit rock flourishes on everything like so there's so many like the way that they ended so many of their riffs reminded me of um night witch night witch oh, people wolf people yeah so Fuck much yeah. of it i was like oh my god there's so much folk rock in this like british celtic folk rock you know kind of vibes to a lot of the riffs and how they ended a lot of the riffs so i was like uh you you saved this by adding <laughs> that little flourish at the end of something and plus on top of that the production of it all you know and like how they fucking package the whole thing it's it's so different than all the other bands that i mentioned before you know yeah i think they um them along with gizzard along with wolf people uh really liked they really like that um the kind of thing where you hit that note and you hit the half step of it and it's like yes that's it that immediately gives me like a very like um what like like the kind of semitone arabic scales yeah yeah sure the uh the uh what do they call it that King Gizzard was doing it. Microtonal type stuff. Microtonal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, it just, it makes me think of like a tavern in, you know, 1500s London playing this kind of chamber music that has these kind of dissonant, like you said, half step, uh, hammer on pull off type, you know, yeah, it sounds yeah, yeah. medieval. It sounds like a fairy tale or something. And it, they, ha- so this album has this weird sort of like, middle English fairy tale vibe to some of the riffs. And I'm just like, Oh my God, that's so, that's such a great differentiator from basic blues rock that you would hear, you know, like, like some of these riffs, don't they remind you of like Royal blood? Um, you know what I mean? Single note. Yeah. Riff, yeah. I'm, I'm blues listening driven, to, you know, uh, I'm listening to when in Rome now, and there's this kind of yes. like, which I think could be like very, very bluesy, very like Royal blood esque. Yeah. Um, like but they him for a droid, like keen for kick ons, the opening track. I feel like all of these have these like kind of what could be seen as basic blues rock riffs, but they fucking, they put it a little bit. They do a little askew. They do like a Dutch angle of those things. They, they put in a little stank. They put a little mustard on it, right? A little English on it. Not to fucking, Dijon. no pun intended, a little English on it, you know, but also the overall production of everything is just so fucking loud and, and like you said, bright. It's yeah. so bright and, and shiny and it's uh man. Yeah. It just like, it has, it stands them out. Even when, the comparison to King Gizzard is such a almost spot on on the nose comparison a little bit, like a one-to-one they differentiate themselves a lot from King Gizzard from their production also. Uh, Yeah, I think so too. I think there's um, the, the effects that they usually put on the vocals um, are very porn crumpets and just this kind of this, this like layered flurry of, sound and tones and noises that they like to have on each of their songs um i think you can't mistake it for anybody else and also they the crashing drums on all of these songs yeah it's it's very it's very loud but not in a way that like hurts it's just you can hear the the 
shattering symbols. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the almost staticky hi-hats and stuff. But it just goes so well with these real clean, real pretty guitar tones. Yeah. Uh, which go well with these weird psychedelic guitar tones. Yeah. The, I, I kept listening to it and thinking like, AI just love the overall production of the guitars. The guitars are my favorite part of this band. Sure. The guitar work, the the sound of the guitars, like it's all just, it's my favorite aspect of this music. And what I love about it, I was like, it could be just, you can, you can simplify it or, um, What's a phrase that you've said before on this show? Like, um, fuck, I can't remember now, but it's basically, uh, you can reduce it. Like you can do, you can be like reductive and say like, oh, the guitar is just a certain level of fuzz plus a certain level of reverb. And then when the chorus breaks out, all they do is just turn up both of those things, the fuzz <laughs> and the reverb. Sure. You know, where and to a point where it almost reminds me of, um, it's crazy how much of rock music that we've been listening to on this show reminds me of U2. But specifically I, you, the you do keep bringing that up. I know, and it's so weird like some of the energy and the production and like the fucking like sort of explosive early 2000s like I could picture the music video where there's just like motion blur on everything during certain choruses. Remind me of filter like um, uh, "Hey Man, Nice Shot" specifically that song. Sure, and it's it's very like epic stadium kind yes, of feel about it. Yes, and and the production overall sounds like that, but also U 2s uh, Vertigo era, <laughs> which is. I, I I do love that song. I don't think I've gotten that, that song, era man. of U two. Is that Uno Dos Tres Catorce? Is that yeah, Vertigo? Yeah, it yeah. Is. That, it is that song specifically that I'm just like, dude, in the big rocking loud parts, you get that U2 arena rock vibe on this album. And it's just like, oh, uh, I want to hear it in that setting. Because it sounds like it <sighs> should be reverberating off of like steel beams, this album. You know what I mean? It yeah, has that I... sharpness to it. Horn Crumpets is a band that I I am very very much hoping I can see live uh, too. someday and, soon. And big surprise, they're out of Australia. Another amazing band to come out of Australia. Out of Perth. Out of Perth. 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 That's probably French. That's where all the good bands come from, man. We're yeah, just, so far behind. Hey guys, Australia, look it up. <laughs> look it up. You know? See if it's there. Check for me. I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like, um, would you agree with me that I feel like this is a guitar band? I'd say so. Yeah. Right? I think the um, the person who makes all the songs is the singer-guitarist. Mm. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, but I, I believe he comes in with all the songs. And he's, yeah, it's very guitar-focused. It's very riff-heavy. It's it's kind of what all the other music is. Maybe it's not built around, but it's what it is the main focus of, of most, if not all of the songs. It feels extremely guitar driven. Like you yeah. can almost tell that that's where everything started. Right. Which is usually the general case, but yeah, that's yeah. That's with guitar, how it goes. with rock music in general. Yeah. But it, this feels like a guitarist band to yes. me. Um, and that's another reason why I love it, being a guitarist and and just like I get it. And the guitars are so front and center in the mix. It's like, but kind of everything is. Yeah, well, that's kind of the chaos of it. It's all these other guys. They're having fun, too. You know, they're oh, not dude. getting left out or anything. No, like you said, the musicianship is across the board on this on, in this band. It's not like the guitarists are the only ones bringing it. Like, I would say the vocals are almost just another instrument. Just another, you know. There are a lot of times when it just matches up with the guitar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and even uh, having listened to other psychedelic porn crumpet albums, this album might be the most reserved they've been. Yes. In, yes. In terms of like musicianship. 
I agree. I think what I loved so much about Night Gnomes, if I'm going to compare, um, man, what's the name of this album now? Now for what? And now for the what you call it? Right. Um, if I compare this one to Night Gnomes, they're the follow-up record after this. What I liked about Night Gnomes so much, and what makes me like it a little bit more than this album, is that they rounded out the sound with how heavy the guitars got on Night Gnomes. This one is just brightness and brightness and brightness throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Night Gnomes added that little bit of fucking balls, man. That little bit of foundation that they needed to just kind of... It, you know, it reminds me of like tattoos. Color tattoos are beautiful. But if you don't have a lot of black in a color tattoo, those colors don't stand out as much. You know, you need the contrast between the two. So on Night Gnomes, I feel like the brightness and the heaviness contrast each other and they both stand out more. This album feels like a lot of like, there's no, the production is the exact same on every single song. Um, Yeah, pretty much. The overall, like, I, not, I, I can't say the overall vibe because they, they change a lot as the album goes on. But, like, yes, the overall, like, production and, and the feel and the sound of the album is the same. What was great about Night Gnomes is all the bright parts stood out versus the heavy parts because they had the juxtaposition of the two. Sure. Yeah, they you know had a little I mean? more dynamics in that. A little more dynamic. Yeah. And so there's, there's that aspect. Was there anything else about this album that you didn't quite like? No, <laughs> that was, that was, and it's not even something I don't like. It's just, it's just, what do I, what do I like more? And sure. I like night knows a little bit more, but I wanted to bring back the King Gizzard thing really quick because I, I think there was something, okay. You know what? Yes. There was something else that I didn't necessarily like a lot about this record, quote unquote. And it's when I was thinking about them compared to King Gizzard and we were getting there before, right? Where they're very comparable. Um, but while this one might have more straightforward, approachable songs, it also has some really weird shit like Desi's Adventure. Sure. Uh, Bill's Mandolin. Almost song to song on this album, they change the genre up a little bit, which is also super King Gizzardy. But while King Gizzard writes in multiple genres, they usually compile all of those songs of one specific genre and release them together on an album. Yeah. So it's a lot more of a cohesive collection of songs. It's a lot more it's a much more cohesive piece of music. So Okay. So, so while I really appreciate how much they how much psychedelic porn crumpets allowed themselves to be like really weird and off the wall on this record and just kind of do whatever they wanted, this album did kind of feel like it was all over the place a little bit. Like it didn't feel like a cohesive piece of writing. It feels like a bunch of songs that they wrote and put in a not super particular order, which I guess is kind of a typical rock album. You know what I mean? But to me, that is the biggest differentiator between them and King Gizzard. Is that King Gizzard will release Mile High, or they'll release uh, like the, the sketches of East Brunswick, or Infest the Rat's Nest, or Murder of the Universe. You know what I mean? Up, it was up until Omnium Gathirum. That King Gizzard was like, we are writing a jazz record, or we're writing a thrash record, or we're writing a lounge record. What Psychedelic Porn Crumpets did on this album was like, we're doing all of it. And we're putting it all on this album. I don't see that as a bad thing, though. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think it's the main differentiator between the two. But if it is a bad thing, in my opinion, it's that it made the album feel um, disjointed. A little bit. That's, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't really get that feeling at all. I think while, really? while dude, we're kind of, Bill's mandolin is like a fucking like heavy Beatles song. It's fucking weird as hell. And to follow up, Keen for Kickons, which is just a fun psych garage rock, almost like a weird opener in my opinion. Um, it sounds like a middling track more than an opener, but. What are you going to put as an opener? What else would you put as an opener on this whole album? Because the album is kind of just a bunch of weird, disparate things that they all threw together. You know, like Native Tongue almost sounds like a fucking Frank Zappa song or something, you know? like I, I think the the particular order of the tracks didn't matter so much, except for, you know, where the interludes lie. Um, right. Yeah. And- Fields, Woods and, Fields Woods time was really cool. 
I did read on Genius that he intentionally put Keen for Kickons first as kind of a simple get you into the album thing. It felt like that. It felt like a usual regular track. So that's but, what's weird is that it didn't feel like an epic opening track or anything that was like, um, you know, calling your shot a little bit. It just kind of felt like, let's get them in on something easy. And then we'll do Bill's Mandolin, which is probably one of the weirder songs on the I, album. I just don't think it's as disjointed as you're saying it is. I feel like we still, like the production is pretty much the same on all the songs. I think even if we're getting other influences in here, I think we are all, we're still very much under the like kind of psych rock umbrella here for all these songs. Yes. And I, I feel like it, throughout this album, we have that driving force we have that kind of playful swingness that is uh, very indicative of this album. And I think it's actually very cohesive. I don't know if I agree that it's cohesive, but I agree that it all falls under psychedelic rock. Yes. <laughs> I agree to that extent. Um you think it's cohesive? I mean, I think it's cohesive. It's, okay. I mean, it's, okay. it's Can I can I can I propose this to yeah. you that it might be cohesive because the production is the same on every song? I I think even past that. You don't think that just sonic, that sonically it's cohesive. I will I will give you that. Sonically it's cohesive, but I think genre-wise and even songwriting-wise, it's it's pretty inconsistent. I I think we're under this scope of these weird Celtic British riffs, these driving drums, these interesting basses, these uh like very fun vocals and making catchy tunes. Um, making this like fun party rock, and I, I there was never a point when a when the next song played, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of fucking weird that they're doing this." I I just thought it was like I I think albums should ebb and flow in both mood and style. Um, yeah, and I think that's probably a personal preference at this point. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, like because I think that's probably that's even a of I don't know if I would call it a problem, but that's something I've encountered in my own songwriting. That I kind of keep a I want to keep a consistent flow and um, vibe to the music that I write, which then places me in a it can it it limits me. And what I. I, I and I think what this album did was not, they didn't hold themselves back. If we listen to Night Gnomes together. Yeah. Um, it seems like you've listened to High Visceral. That was right? the album that got me into the, into the psychedelic point from it. So I've heard it a bunch. Yeah. Uh, did you listen to any of the other albums? No, it's so weird. Like, it's weird <laughs> that, I, that I hadn't heard this one until the show. You well, know, just, like, for, just for these three. Um, if I took any of these songs and gave them to you, would you mistake them for being in any of the other albums? I think being so familiar and um, intimate with Night Gnomes, I think I would know that it wasn't on Night Gnomes because they did such a... They made a pretty big change on that album, in my opinion. They got way heavier, and we loved... If we're talking about the, the guitar tone on this record and the guitar work on this record... <laughs> We loved the guitar tone and, and work on Night Gnomes. You yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. I think I could tell you that it at least wasn't on Night Gnomes. But you're saying it might confuse you for High Visceral. If I 100%. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, I, I think I couldn't differentiate is what I mean. Are you saying that you could differentiate from? Yeah. I, 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 <clears throat> from all the albums I've listened to so far, it seems like they always go in to the album with a distinct kind of feeling vibe theme for the music um so you're saying they're that, pretty you're, you're saying they're pretty comfortable to king gizzard in that sense also 
not necessarily that they're that it's a, that they're doing concept albums, but they're going into it with an idea. Yeah, and I with something I, that they're trying to accomplish. Personally, I don't think I. I also listened to um. Fuck, uh, I think the album before High Visceral, or maybe after. Um, I listened to a bit of that, and I just feel like I couldn't confuse any of these songs for being on any other album, just because hmm. of how uh focused it is in this album um so would you say that the other albums that you've heard from them before this were more inconsistent than this no i feel like they're just as they're they're just as consistent with their own dedicated theme with their own like idea of how we're going to produce it what uh influences are we going to pull from how are we like, what is the general vibe we're trying to get across? Yeah. What do you think on this record were their influences going in? <sighs> I think... Because I think it was Vertigo by U2. <laughs> and Hey Man, Nice Shot by Filter. And I think it's Crumpets from the band named Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. <laughs> you think they just ate a couple good crumpets and they were like, oh my god. Yeah, like, Fuck. I never put... <laughs> I've been eating crumpets lately with uh, raspberry jam and fucking cheddar cheese, and that shit is so fucking good. <laughs> Just saying, we should we should have some fucking tea and crumpets, man. Yo, crumpets are English muffins, right? They are. Yeah, I've been having a lot of English muffins lately, probably more than I should. <laughs> with raspberry jam and and cheddar cheese. And cheddar my, cheese. My British friend told me that that's a, his favorite snack, and I was like, "That sounds weird. I'm going to try it." And that's all I've eaten for the last week. It it does sound highly visceral to me. It's extremely visceral. Maybe part two more than part one. <laughs> so do you, okay, okay. So well, if, if in, that's in your the case, in your theory, fun. in your theory, if you say that they feel like they were going to every album with an idea, what do you think was the idea on this record, or what do you think the influences were on this record? And I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, so if you don't have a an answer, it's totally fine. But no, I think it's I think they were going for a much poppier vibe on this record. I felt that for sure. Yeah. I think on on this record, it's not like they were like, we're going to sell out. We're going to try to make some hits, but we're going to do some brighter stuff. It's going to be a little cheerier, even if the lyrics aren't so like cheery and happy and stuff. Um, We're going to make our music kind of uppity. We're going to have some, I don't know, focused fun with with, uh, some bits of jamming. Focused fun like it <laughs> i think i think jamming was uh a much much less of a focus on this record um as opposed to some other ones they had uh you mean like the amount of times that they allowed the song to kind of breathe and they just kind of went off on on a certain idea yeah 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 no yeah. yeah, i can hear that for sure yeah that's why that's why i was surprised because i'd never heard this album before that's why i was surprised at how it felt like pretty straightforward uh, music at a certain point, like pretty straightforward rock music sure. at a certain yeah. point. But then I would think that, and then 30 seconds later, I'm just like, what is this weird-ass fucking avant-garde jazz shit that y'all are doing now? You know, like on this one verse or something. Yeah, um, yeah I, I couldn't listen to this album and tell you, uh, I think they were thinking these three uh, artists and this you know certain vibe or this certain era of music or anything like I, I couldn't tell you what they were because on this I was like I hear Jethro Tull and I hear um, Jimi Hendrix and I hear Frank Zappa and I hear like weird even weirder jazz than Frank Zappa you know what I mean but then also I can kind of hear like White Stripes but which are also influenced by like Led Zeppelin and that whole area of rock music you know it's like so I can kind of hear all these different things going on um, that felt like a bunch of disparate, disconnected things. But it's not like I listened to the album and thought none of this makes sense together. I just thought I was like, this is just a bunch of songs to me. So that's where me and you differentiate a little bit. Where it's like, guess- this, it, this felt like a cohesive idea to you. And to me, this felt like just an album. Just a collection of songs, you know? Yeah. Well, agree to yeah. disagree, I guess. Well, can we agree on, uh, we already brought up like the vocals that they, they kind of feel like that they're more of like just a, 
a um just a part of the music just a component of the overall song versus like there's a lot of focus on the vocals I don't think there is a lot of focus on the vocals on this. I think they're just like, they are just there to serve their purpose, which I actually really liked. But can you agree with me that it seems like the lyrics are meant to be just kind of cool, trippy imagery and invoke more of a vibe than send a message? Yeah, I think so. I think with a lot of guitar singers who are doing both at the same time. I didn't even know. I didn't know that the singer was also like, is he the lead guitarist or rhythm guitarist? Um, I assume he's not the lead, but I, I, you never know. It's been a while since I've watched that live video. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think I can usually 90% of the time I can usually tell if they're playing an instrument while they're singing. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I think you could too. I think you could. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't think a lot of these bands record live like that, like while they're playing guitar, you know? So I don't know if I could pick up on that vibe. Well, just the way they go about writing music and the way the okay. music sounds and how the vocals go along with it. And I think this is a very uh, guitar singer, but guitar and bold singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yes. Um, yeah, and I guess I never really thought about that, about like your tendencies on how you would end up writing your vocals if you know that you're also playing guitar live. And I think that might take a, a certain level of thoughtfulness when it comes to the songwriting, too. That if if you're like, well, I don't want to just fucking sound killer on, on an album. I want to also be able to recreate this live. Then if yeah. you're cognizant of that, um, yeah, you would write your vocals in a certain way unless you're just, you know, John Mayer or something. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. Where you could just I mean, do both and just fucking excel at both at the same time. Like, but I'm much more in the camp of setting vibes when it comes to vocals than telling stories when it comes to like vocals and lyrics and everything. So that was another random aspect of this album that I really liked. And I was like, I was following along to all the lyrics, and I'm just like, this dude is just saying shit. And it just sounds cool and it just fits for the it fits the mood, you know? And I'm like, and that's really all I need. Yeah. I don't know. With the vocal, you know? I think, I think uh, go ahead like, go ahead I had another point <laughs> well just on the the lyrics specifically it's a lot of like drugs a lot of uh yeah. kind of going out to party kind of yeah uh socializing stuff very psychedelic type lyrics yes very psychedelic very um trying to um form an image in your brain about what he's talking about and stuff like that and and just talk about concepts or just ideas or just a line that sounds cool you know, and I'm, and sure. I'm into it. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong. This is my other theory. When I was thinking about this, that I feel like me and you disconnect on vocals and lyrics and the importance of both when it comes to rap music specifically. Yeah. I think that might be one of our biggest in general musical artistic differences. Right. So I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm much more of a vibe setter than I am a storyteller or a message trying to get a message across or anything like that. I feel like you appreciate much more of thoughtful, insightful lyrics. And I appreciate a lot more. Just give me a vibe, man. You know? Yeah. But I think um, lyrics will have to be good, but I think that's the difference between the two of us. It's um, like the drips, which yes, I believe was like our sixth album or something like that is. Yes. I think that was probably our first case of uh, learning this distinction between ourselves. Yeah, that was the first time you broke my heart. But not the last. <laughs> not the last. Not the last. Certainly, but, certainly not the last. Yeah, but yeah, that was definitely something I was thinking about with this record. And I was curious how you felt. So it's cool that we both really liked what, what the vocalist was doing. Um, yeah. And yeah, even lyrically, I really liked what he was doing. Because I was like, yeah, I think you're kind of talking about doing cocaine on this one song. But they're also talking about like, there's no way out and I can't get out and there's nowhere to go and, and there's no one I can tell. But then also it's like, but I'm partying and having fun and doing coke and blah, blah. And it's like, I, honestly, I think I'm conflating two different songs or three different songs at that point. I just know that for sure there was one song on this album that I'm like, oh, I think he's talking about doing coke. I think it was Social Candy. Uh, yeah, I think Social Candy is probably <laughs> the one where he's like, 
mission control try to yes. control the face yeah yeah uh, trying to like uh you're like stop feeling my face or something or like <laughs> yeah i was like oh i get what he's saying but when it comes to like my friend's a liquid or bill's mandolin or something i'm just like he is just saying things just to fit well while we're talking about music while we're talking about songs before we get off topic uh first off was there were there any other points you wanted to get to before we went into our nugs no i'm exhausted oh well good (laughs) (laughs) i like it it's it's good to like you know how you like a panting dog with their tongue out is a happy dog Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so that's usually kind of why i'm here i like to kind of make you i like to make you work for it you know Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, you want me to beg to get into choice nugs and? No, I just uh, <laughs> I forget what the fucking word is, but like when you like give a wolf like a bone to bite on, and they get a lot of fun from just biting on a bone because it's like a feral instinct kind of thing. Huh? You know, I like to give you that sense of uh, enjoyment and fulfillment in your life. Okay, um, where is this going? Um, and so that's why I have to tell you that, um, I am your mom. I'm your mom. <laughs> I birthed you. I didn't I want to tell you it, until and I knew I was adopted my entire life. I was like, I feel like my mom is 10 years younger than me. <laughs> I just have and, the feeling. Uh, I just have this weird feeling. Yeah. Well, I, I popped in birth you real quick and then i kind of disappeared um and was born uh, a good while later no wonder i didn't feel ready when i was born because like <laughs> I, there's but there's none this, of us do there's this kind of famous photo of me when i was a kid uh when i was a newborn and i look very incredulous and it looks like i'm kind of looking around and my brother-in-law nailed it that he was like it looks like you're thinking to yourself no not yet <laughs> or uh or like no wrong planet like that's <laughs> not in the right <laughs> universe. Right. This isn't right. Yeah. And it looks like I'm very, just kind of like, mm, like I'm kind of incredulously questioning everything around me. So that makes sense. If my mom was supposed to be, you know, 10 years later right here. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. By the and way, have a penis. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, happens. Yeah, I mean. it happens sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> You're like not right, for so long. Let's get into I'm not sure. Nugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, let's get into Narnugs. Before that, I really have to pee. All right, cool, man. Brb. Have fun. All right. So, um, did you want to do? How do you want to do this? You want to do a review first? You want to do choice nugs? Uh, let's. Yeah, let's go ahead and do a review first. Okay. You want me to go first, or you? Um. You go ahead and go first. Okay. Um, so, yeah, man. I think, uh, you know, as a big fan of Psychedelic Porn Crumpets already, this album pretty much gave me exactly what I wanted from them. But a few of the things that I expected I didn't get, like, because of Night Gnomes, even the slight difference between High Visceral and this album, um, I feel like High Visceral was even a little bit more focused. So I think that's kind of what ended up getting me at the end was like the, it felt like there was a lack of focus on this album a little bit. Um, there were some things that I didn't expect, which can always be nice, but it kind of threw me off a little bit on this album, but there's a lot that I liked about it. Like you mentioned, there's so much catchy stuff to hang on to on this record as a guitarist, this is such a guitar-driven record that that's something that I love about it also. And just the overall production and energy on the whole album was just so fucking great. Um, <clears throat> but I would say overall, if I'm going to break down like how much did you really like these songs, it's going to be a little bit lower than I want it to be, to be honest, The my overall rating. I think I'm going to yeah. end up giving this like a, like a like 6.2. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to like it more, but for all those reasons I listed, it just kind of there's there was something that I felt like I could not. This album wasn't like getting me there. You know what I mean? Like it almost like left me blue balled a lot of times. Um, 
But there's a lot to take away from it. So it's like we mentioned on the last episode, I think you gave the album that we were listening to like a six point something also. And I'm just like, okay, so that means that you liked it. You know, six point something. I liked it. Six point two. I like this album. I didn't love it. I didn't really like it. Um, but I really wanted to. Damn. Well, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm very on the edge of really liking this album and what's holding holding this album. What's holding you back from getting to that next level? What, what's, what are the few things or even one thing? I don't know. Every time I come back to this album, I just like fall in love with it again. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, maybe you do love it. Like, don't let my opinion, you know, sway you or anything. No, yeah, it's I. Ah, all right. I know I'm very convincing. I know I, you know. I I was going between two. um, To to some might be very uh, insignificant difference between ratings. But I'm going to end up going with the higher one. I just love this album. It's catchy as hell. The guitar work is great. The music is very chaotic in a cool way that I uh, always really enjoy. There's always yeah. something new there for you to hear. Um, it's a bit We already know is a big difference between the way that you enjoy music and the way that I enjoy music. I like cohesion and... Uh, not same same, but I like to know what to expect when I'm listening to something. And you like to be surprised, and you like a little bit more of a chaotic is a better is the best thing I can think of, like a chaotic approach to songwriting. Yeah, I I think yeah. Uh, to me, any good album would have this amount of uh kind of kind of going places ness, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I don't think it's. I, I never got to a point where I was thrown off or confused. I think the album is very cohesive, though we definitely disagree on that particular point. I think it, even if it's not cohesive, it's still a great piece of work that keeps you interested. Um, and so with all that, I, I love the vibe. I love this band. I'm going to give this a nine. What? Like, I was I was gonna give it like an eight point seven or an eight point eight, but you convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> Such a wildly different take than you were first coming into the show with. Um, that's wow a nine, dude. Wow, yeah, you fucking love this album. I love this album, man. Every I every time I come back to it, I'm like, yeah, this album's good. It's all right. Um, and then I listen to it again, and I'm like. Fuck no! All these songs are killer. All these songs are interesting and fun and rocking, and I never feel bored. There's always something to latch on to. You know what? Um, you know what? Uh, makes sense to me too that you love this album so much is because I also heard a little bit of Death from Above on this record. In the riffage, in the riffage. I. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Think about it. Next time you listen to it. Yeah. But okay, well, before we get into choice nugs and, and narnable mentions, how does this album compare to Night Gnomes for you? Has it been a while since you've heard Night Gnomes? It's been a good while since I've heard Night Gnomes. I told myself I'd listen to it as well uh, before this review, and then I didn't. Yeah, um, I didn't listen to anything else, so. But from what I remember from that episode... You um, loved it. We did. It was a great album. I don't think... It was, if I remember correctly, it was like in the sevens for me. Oh, really? I think it was in the nines. Um, but I I loved the guitar tone. Um, but something about this album always brings me back. It's just the, the 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 catchiness. How much fun everyone's having on this one. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think. I think the Spotify kind of metrics also support where you're coming from. Also, like it looks like, I mean, the top 10 most played songs from psychedelic porn carpets on Spotify come from high visceral parts one and two in this record. Uh, I sure, I'm sure Franz always on there too, since it just came out. It's not really. Well, yeah, you're right. Never mind. I'm an idiot. There's only one song from this album. that's in the top 10. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, there you go. I misread it's probably it. Him I was for a album covers, and the album cover for this album looks weirdly a lot like the Fr- Franzoli album cover when it's really, really tiny. So, never mind. I don't know how you could be confusing those two, but let's get hey, on to our uh, Narnugs. Yeah, yeah, Narnugs. All right. One of my Narnugs, my first Narnug, is him for a droid. Me too. Yeah. I think it's an easy pick for someone like me who loves the fucking fast-paced energetic stuff. Oh, by the way, I totally lied. That's one of my normal mentions. But fuck, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I also really liked it. <laughs> I well, love I, how loud it gets. I can I guess I'll real quick go into why it's one of my narnugs. Got my fucking ass all exposed out here. Yeah, my bad. I didn't mean to <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to to uh, do that to you, but but still, I love it. It's an honorable mention for me. I I think it's a great song. I love the energy. I love the explosiveness throughout the whole thing. That riff how, is really fun. Yeah, man, I love Very how loud it gets. And the drums are going off on that song. They're so good. It's just it. I can imagine how much fun this is to play live. And yeah. I looked up a video from. October of this year, and it seems like it's the last song they play for each show. Which Sounds I thought was, was like, oh, well, that's cool. Better that than Desi's Adventure, not gonna lie. <laughs> I thought Desi's Adventure was a fine song to leave off on, uh, for it being as chill as it was. Yeah, I think that's one thing I forgot to mention that I, I do not like this album's opener or closer. Damn. So, yeah. That's kind of that's probably another thing that knocked it down a peg or two. Um, but another honorable mention for me was Native Tongue. I really liked the kind of Eastern inspired, like avant garde jazz rock that was going on through that whole song. It was really weird and cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, but one of my first choice nugs is Social Candy. Social Candy. That was that's one of my honorables. It was really close. And, uh, the chorus is so fucking awesome on that song <laughs> that is the one that most reminded me of hey man nice shot by filter like that was one that was like oh it has this almost industrial like vibe like industrial production to the distortion of the guitar to it that i'm like i love the lead guitar on social candy and that was the one that i was like if this if this song was played by any other whatever rock band i would hate this song <laughs> but it's played by psychedelic porn crumpets and it's produced by them and it's mixed like them. And it's, you know, it sounds like them. And that's why I love that song so much. Fuck like, yeah. It's so cool to hear a song that in my head, I know that if, if, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, Queens of the stone age, if they played social candy, I probably wouldn't like it nearly as much. Yeah. It, you know, no, I it's get weird. You. Yeah. It's weird like that. Um, well, I guess I'll go through my Narnables and then do my second nug. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not going to like it. Keen for Kick-Ons is one of my uh, Narnables. It's good. It, it was almost one of mine. Uh, you came for Kick-Ons. I thought it was very fun. Uh, a very fun way to come in. I think Bill's Mandolin was also one of my favorites. That was the weirdest. Next to uh, Digital Hunger and Desi's Adventure Bill's Mandolin was by far the weirdest track on the album. I don't think it's so weird. Dude, it sounds like a goofy Beatles song, but with distortion. It's just a little too goofy for me. It's a little too goofy. It sounds like a faster, heavier Beatles song. But what I did like a lot about it were those random half measure, like crazy metal things that they would throw in there. Where it would just like... Uh, uh, like kind of like a four measure, like right before the chorus, it'd be like, and the vocals would be like, and then they go into the chorus. I'm just like, oh, I like that little, that little flourish, that little metal flourish that they put in there. But I thought that was a really weird track. I didn't really like it that much. Uh, you're wrong. My second honorable, <laughs> my second nug. Um, this might surprise you as well. Uh, my friend's a liquid. I guess I'm not that surprised by it. It's it, it was a weird time signature, but what I liked about 
that weird time signature is that they always kind of brought you back into this sense of like security with that main riff when they brought you back to the main riff. Sure. And they were like, let's reset. Every time they reset, I was like, oh, okay. I feel comfortable again. But it was just a weird time signature. It's a weird fucking song. Yeah, it's weird. But that riff especially is like, so, like I just imagine like a hobbit skipping through a meadow yes. or something. A thousand percent. Yeah, a thousand percent. You know, and it's just something about it. It's just like the catchiest thing on the record to me. Um, and then, yeah, that weird time signature coming through the song. And then that chorus where they kind of cut out and it's like, top of your bell tower, top of your bell tower. Um, and then going back into that riff. I don't know, man. It was like ear candy to me. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I think it was one that I wanted to like a lot more that I ended up liking, but it was one. It was the third weirdest song on the record, in my opinion. <laughs> and so Lucas I like can't handle art. weird. He doesn't yeah. like things that aren't traditional. You know, it's funny, man. I like to think that I listen to weird music, but then there was one time in college that a friend asked me to make him a playlist of all the songs that I felt were the weirdest music that I listened to. And he was really disappointed. And the stuff that I put on there, like he do you, did not. Do you remember who was in it? Like what songs? Yeah, there was like a Radiohead song on there, and there was um, this band that I used to love called Action uh, Bronson. No, and it's not Action Action because Action Action is that metal band, right? I don't know. I think it might be Action Action. Oh, because I'm thinking Attack Attack. It, that's the metalcore band. It, they're called <laughs> yeah, Action. yeah, yeah. They're called Action Action, and they're like kind of a throwback '80s type uh, rock band, um, but like more new wave, um, post punk type rock '80s stuff. But anyway, I put I, I made a whole playlist of stuff that I thought was so weird, and uh, and he was he thought it was the most milk toast ass shit ever. Damn, that's yeah. that's a fucking shitty feeling. I'm sorry about that, man. A little bit, but also just kind of made me realize I was like, I guess I don't listen to that weird of music, you know, because I was trying to think I was like, what is something weird that I like? And I'm just like, I don't know. I guess the fact that I like it makes it not weird to me. So it's hard to, to, you know, point to that way. But I didn't really have any other honorable mentions, to be honest. Like my two were him for a droid and native tongue. Um, And then I had two choice nugs on here. Is your second nug feels woods time? No, it's not worth, you know, it's not worthy. That's not worthy. It's like a minute, <laughs> you know, cool. It, it reminded me a lot of, um, of uncle acid's night creeper interlude. Sure. A little bit. Um, but my other nar, my other choice nar was one in Rome. Yeah. That one, that one I think has the most metal, kind of stuff going on in there yes and very hendrix that whole that main riff is so Jimi hendrix dude yeah not just the the actual like notes and the way that they're playing it but the way it's produced like the way it sounds i'm like god this almost sounds like a broken speaker like a busted old speaker distortion yeah you know it sounded like a stratocaster you know what I mean? Like it sounded, <laughs> it sounded like Jimi Hendrix to me, and it was such a fun blues rock, heavy blues rock song. And I had recently watched a Jimi Hendrix documentary on HBO Max, which I highly recommend. It was fucking incredible, and it was just him, his his whole performance and the lead up to his whole performance at the Monterey Pop Festival, I think, which is the the performance that he like lit his guitar on fire. Oh on shit! Stage. That That's was that. Cool. Per- and that and it was that festival that Jimi Hendrix and the Who were fighting for who had to who got to play first. Damn. When, because the Who didn't want to follow Jimi Hendrix and Jimi Hendrix didn't want to follow the Who. <laughs> so uh, they did a coin toss or something and the Who won, so the Who got to play before Jimi Hendrix. Jeez. And so when Hendrix comes out, he, before he goes out on stage, he tells everyone, "All right, I'm going balls to the fucking wall." He was like, I have to somehow make up, you know, I have to outdo what they did. And he lit the guitar and they do. They fucking rocked. That is such a badass documentary. It's such an amazing live performance. And when I heard one in Rome, it brought me right back to like 
seeing Jimi Hendrix play on stage at the Monterey Pop Festival. You know what I mean? So very cool. took me right back to that. Same vibe, same energy, same dirty, gritty, fuzzy guitar work, um, and just a super Hendrixy riff that one in Rome really got me. Awesome, man. Yeah. I I think it's a very good song. <coughs> Fuck. Oh god. I think it's a great song as well. <laughs> I don't think there were any songs on here that I didn't like. Um, I think the only one that I legitimately didn't like was uh Desi's Adventure. Kind of a weird note to leave off on, but I can see why they did it. I guess I can see why they did it. I just personally that was the only one that I didn't like. Specifically. Right. Like I would skip it. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. We're on, uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple podcasts. We're anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, we're out in the street talking to the, to the working man. Uh, go ahead and leave us a like or a comment, share whatever you want to do. I don't know, man. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, do whatever the fuck you're going to do, man. But if you like this episode, tell your friends to listen to it. And then go back into our catalog and find another album that you either love or you hate to see what we fucking think about it, man. We've done a lot of genres. We've spanned a lot of things. We have like almost 150 episodes, if not up to 150 episodes at this point. We're rounding it. And uh... you know what? We have been, we're almost at our three year mark of doing this podcast. And it's crazy to think that we're almost at 150 episodes because that means that we've almost done one a week for the last three years. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of very weird points where we were doing like three yeah. a week and then for one sure. every two weeks. But I mean, uh, we've been pretty consistently releasing episodes, man. And I'm really like, uh, I, it's weird to say that I'm proud of it, but it's, it is a weird point of pride. I have a little bit uh, just like, you know what? Like, me and you fucking produce, man. Like, we fucking do it. And the best part about it is that we produce and we're, like, enjoying it while we're doing it, you know? So it's like... Yeah, man. Nothing makes it... Even to make it even more enjoyable for me personally, I would love if people listened. (laughs) So... You can't have your cake and eat it, too. I know. I know. But uh, if you guys heard this or watched it on YouTube, please tell your friends about it rate and review us share our episodes with people um get people to to check out our show man and like i said we have over 100 episodes before this so if you like this one go back into our back catalog listen to some other episodes we we there it's almost inevitable that we're going to talk about another band or album that you either love or fucking hate and either way i think it should be an interesting thing for you to listen to so and speaking of which lucas do you have an album that you've thought of for next episode Oh my god, I actually don't, but give me like literally 30 oh, seconds. Damn, so unprofessional. No, I somehow did come not come to the table on. like this. Wait, wait, wait. Give me, give me, god damn it. Because usually when we're doing the episodes, I'm just waiting for it to end so we can like listen <laughs> to my it. album. Oh, got it. Yeah, heard, heard. Yeah. Um, hmm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit. I've been wanting. <laughs> I've been wanting to bring a uh, uh, Spanish music artist, a Spanish language artist, to the to the pod for a long time. Cool. Admittedly, I don't be- I don't listen to a lot of Spanish artists, but um, I have been a lot more in the last couple of years. And being Dominican myself, I feel like I should. <laughs> so I love uh, this artist, and I actually really, really like this album. So I'm curious what you're gonna get from it. It is a artist. Her name is Natalia Laforcade. Okay. And the album is called Hasta la Raiz. And I will send you a link to it so you get it all right. <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I will not. Yeah. But I think it's about fucking time, man. Three years in. Let's talk about some Spanish language music. Let's do it, man. That's going to be our uh, last episode of the year. Holy shit. That we're recording might- at least. Yeah, I was going to say that we're recording at least because it might actually come out in 2024 at this point. It probably will. I think it will. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, man. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Brett, anything else you want to say before we 
Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Ash. Anything you want to say before we get to the end? Um, you know, love your neighbor, man. <laughs> as long as love, he's Mr. Rogers. I need to stop asking you this question. <laughs> it is such an energy drop the moment that you come back in with your answer. Well, look, I want to tell you about Terriermon and the Digievolution line. Okay, well then tell me about that shit. Okay, well, Terriermon is a cute little Digimon. I believe it's just like in the super stage and it evolves into a rabbit with guns for hands and pants. Okay. Hands and pants? Hands and pants, guns for hands and jeans for pants. Um, And then it becomes a robot. And that's just something I love about Digimon. You know how what evolution what point of the evolution is that is that like a third generation thing or I, it's just whenever you need to digimon's a little different than pokemon digimon can like evolve oh, when they okay. need to and uh, then de-evolve back all right well next episode it'll be all about digimon Woo! and, and Woo! natalia laforcade <laughs> <laughs> and then after that you know what i'm gonna bring to the table after that um you mean in like a month? Yeah, yeah. I almost what? need to like prep. I almost need to prep this because it's going to be a pretty large conversation we got to have here. If you're not aware, okay. We're going to do an anti-flag record. Okay, I I have not gotten into anti-flag. Do you know everything that's going on with anti-flag? <laughs> What's going on with anti-flag? We'll find out. Anyway, uh, thank you, buddy. Thank you for listening, Ash. This was good. Lucas, this was good. Uh, bye, buddy. Bye, buddies. Oh, my God. Three, two, one. <laughs>